If you like the Creative South podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else. A shout out on the podcast thanking you for your support. Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So, please help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. Welcome to the Creative South podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I'm talking with photographer Matthew Coughlin. We chat about how he went from videotaping and editing legal depositions to making the leap to professional photographer, working with publications like Outdoor Life and ESPN. His collaboration process, one of his favorite shoots, and so much more, all right after this. I talk about Jack Prince on the podcast all the time, and today isn't any different, except that I want to talk about how much we rely on them at Creative South. Not only has Jack Prince been a longtime sponsor of Creative South and the podcast, but they help us with so many cool things every year. Whether they are making our pop-up displays and tablecloths, or printing our notebooks, Jack Prince is always there when we need them. They even printed my Creative South podcast stickers that have a coupon code on the back that gives you a great discount on all of their products. Speaking of stickers, Jack Prince will print any kind, shape, size, stock, including full color stickers with full color liner prints for you to use as product labels, promotions, bumper stickers, hang tags, business cards, and more. Right now, you can get 500 3 by 3 inch die cut stickers starting at $149 when you visit jackprince.com. Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South Podcast listeners 15% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code PRINCESOUTH18 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. Matt, thanks for joining me tonight. Absolutely, Jason. Super excited about it. This this is a bit different for me because usually I'm not uh, I'm not recording someone who I've spent a fair fair amount of time with. Um, yeah. And, and you and I spent what about two weeks together uh, with a photo shoot. Um, yeah, that's about what that's about what it was. We traveled. We were in a few different cities. Yeah. Uh, kind of spanned a couple weeks yeah. and uh, got. At each other and stuff. It was a lot of fun. It was a good project. Yeah. So, 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 we'll 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 kind of dive right in with my normal format of where did where did you grow up? All right. So, um, I don't know if you can see here uh, I, on my shirt there. I'm, I can. <laughs> I was I was born in uh, I was born in Salem, Massachusetts, and grew up in uh, north of Boston mm-hmm. until I was about uh, ten years old, and my parents got sick of shoveling snow. And decided to uh, look down uh, in the south, and I had a friend who lived in this cold at the time. And they found a place down here, and I, I've got, um, you know, I'm one of five kids, so mm-hmm. my parents took a risk, left all their family up there, and moved down to Florida. So I've been in the Pensacola area for twenty, twenty six years. Gotcha. So, so, so where do you, up, where do you fall in the uh, five kids? By the way. I am the second oldest. Second oldest, okay. Yep. So definitely not the middle child. No, I mean I'm I'm right sandwiched. above it. <laughs> yeah, 
but yeah, not the middle child. So gotcha. not the middle child, not the baby, and not the oldest. Yep. So. So so when you were growing up, and and we've talked about this bit before, but you weren't really a big art kid, were you? You were you were more of a jock. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So gr- growing up, I mean. I mean, I'm probably like a doodle or whatever and draw. I wasn't good at it. But sure. no, I would I would never I, – looking back, I'd never – I would not say that I was a artistic kid growing up. I didn't have any interest in the arts. Um, I, I just played a lot of sports, and that was all – that was the only interest I had mm-hmm. uh, growing up as a young kid. Gotcha. When, when you were in school and all, um, specifically like high school – excuse me. When you were in high school, what what were you kind of interested in then as far as like school stuff? Were you did you start getting into more arts stuff then or did you how how did you now, get into your career? So the the way I got into my career is um my wife um who we've been together for 20 years, we were high school sweet, sweethearts, um we married for uh, 14. Mm-hmm. So we started dating in high school and she lived, um, she lived on the water and her mm-hmm. parents had a jet ski and a boat. And I, oh, so just, now we know why you stuck with her for when you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I had just learned how to wakeboard with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and, um, her dad got interested in wakeboarding and bought a board. So we would, you know, when I would hang out with her, um, we would go out on the water, spend the day out on, you know, their boat or their jet ski. And I just started picking up wakeboarding and got really addicted to that. Mm-hmm. And so what happened with that is, um, when we graduated high school, I kind of decided I was working at like an ACE hardware at the time. Sure. And I was, I was sort of interested in like maybe construction or things like that. I like building things. So mm-hmm. I thought, I thought maybe I would you know, just work for a year or two out of high school. And my, uh, my wife told, she was like, no, you're not going to do that because it'll turn into the, you'll never go back to school. Uh, and so she convinced me to, uh, go to college right out of high school. And so I literally chose to go to the university of West Florida because they had a wakeboard club. That was my sole reason <laughs> I got, you know, I got accepted there. And outside of that, I didn't look at any other, um, went to university of west florida thinking i would wakeboard between classes and things like that and i did uh, and it was amazing but what happened there is i bought a video camera mm-hmm. to record um record uh me and my buddies riding and so at the time i'm you know at this point i'm 19 20 years old um or 19 at the time and my you know my parents just bought the first computer i'd ever had in my entire life sure when I was living at home and going to school. And so when I bought this camera, it had a rebate and it came with like a video capture card mm-hmm. and a piece of software. Um, me, I didn't think about computers, but I followed the instructions. I somehow popped this card in without breaking the computer and installed the software. and was able to hook up my camera to the computer. And I just started making these little dorky videos of me and my buddies riding. Um, and then every time I would... Every time I would import the footage, I would try to make the video better and better every time. Like it went from just being silly uh-huh. to like actually trying to make something of quality. Something that um, looked cool versus yeah, something, something that was that just for cool. fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, a year, a year into UWF, um, 
they start, you know, admissions told me I needed to uh, declare a major. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my wife had told me about, uh, Pensacola junior college, which is now, it's now Pensacola state college. It used to be Pensacola junior back then. They had a really good art program. And so I I looked into it and they had a, I could get a a two year degree in digital video and TV broadcast, which sounded really cool. It sounded up my alley because I was interested. That was the only thing I was really interested at the time that I could think of. So I went to school there. Um, and, uh, one of the, one of the first classes as a prerequisite I had to take was a, uh, like black and white photo 101. Sure. Um, and I remember I had to like around and find a 35 millimeter. I, I knew nothing about cameras, you know, photo cameras or anything, but I'd, I had to get a 35 millimeter camera in my, in fact, you know, my father-in-law, my, um, wasn't my father-in-law back then, but he's now, now he had an old, yeah. Yeah, now father-in-law had a camera that he let me use for the class. And I'll, I'll never forget going in. That was like my first class I had and going in there, I felt so out of place with these, um, you know, art students who uh, were very into this and I didn't know what I was doing. It was just a prerequisite class sure. I had to take to to learn. I was just more, all I wanted to do was edit video. I just wanted to learn how to edit video. Um, and I probably made a B or a, maybe a C in that photo class, but I didn't, I mean, <laughs> I, I learned technically learned, um, some, yeah, I learned basics of the camera, but mm-hmm. That was it. That, that was the only thing I had ever, um, formal photography class I had ever taken. So, um, but I ended up, I graduated with a degree in digital video and TV broadcast. I worked for the local PBS affiliate mm-hmm. station, um, which is WSRE in Pensacola. And my, my goal or I, I always wanted to work for ESPN or I wanted to make movie trailers for, you know, like major, major motion pictures. So I had like huge aspirations, like right out of this junior college. Sure, Cause that happens um, when you go to yeah, exactly. you know, UWF and then Pensacola junior college. Exactly. So, um, I, uh, I started learning motion. I, I basically kind of taught myself motion graphics mm-hmm. and got really obsessed with after effects. Oh, and, okay. um, and back Feel this free to give me some lessons in that. Cause yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. Gotcha. This is the days, you know, this is back in like early 2000s. So this is before YouTube, before the boom on the internet of, you know, endless tutorials and these things. So I was, you know, I was going to books a billion and buying motion graphics books and doing all this stuff. And there, you know, there was a guy at the PBS station who knew how to use After Effects, basically (laughs) knew how to open it um, Uh and do a couple things. But I just couldn't get any of my questions answered, and um, I was just really passionate about it. So I decided to go back to school and go to Full Sail um, in Orlando, oh. and um, I studied uh, digital media there. How did and, you find out about Full Sail? Um, there, when I was going to Pensacola Junior College, there were a lot of kids that talked about it. Um, there were a few kids that were going there immediately after. Uh, Pensacola Junior College. So I had just looked into it. Um, and it was just, you know, my wife and I talked about it and I was just, I was, once I kind of get, I, I guess I have an addictive personality or I, I, once I get, uh, I 
push for it and go for it. So like sure. I told you, I had the goal to like work for ESPN and stuff. So I was like, I, that's what I wanted to do. And that was like tunnel vision, the only focus I had. Mm-hmm. So it's like, the only way I'm going to learn how to do this is, you know, the only way I'm going to learn the software and push myself is to go to a school like this. Um, went there, had a good experience. Um, I lucked out a lot of my, uh, pre like basic classes like math and English and all that stuff transferred. Sure. So I was able to get a two year degree in 10 months from there because oh, wow. it's an accelerated, it's an accelerated school. Oh, I think okay. it was like 13 month program, but it only took me 10 months cause I didn't have to take all those classes. Um, but on top of that, I also learned web design and learned 3d, mm-hmm. um, and I actually got hired by the school the month I graduated to actually be a web, de- to be a web designer. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I worked, I worked there for a couple months and we found out we we're going to have our son, um, and decided to move back home to, uh, Pensacola. Mm-hmm. Is that, I'm totally rambling on the story. So no, 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 no. I'm really interested. It's so you're not, um, you're not rambling. It's making sense. All right. So we, we decided to move back to Pensacola sure. to be, you know, her family was here. My family was here and, sense. um, you know, fresh out of college, I, you know, I wasn't sure where I wanted to work. I didn't want to go back to my old job at the PBS station. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a pretty big law firm in Pensacola area um, who was hiring for like a digital media specialist. And I remember going, uh, you know, I did an interview and I, I remember, um, you know, my boss, who, you know, I, I got the job, but he told me I was sort of overqualified for what they were looking for. And you're fresh uh, out of school at this point and you're overqualified. Yeah. yeah. As far as from a creative standpoint and what I learned and the software I knew sure. and, you know, I, I brought my, basically like my demo reel, mm-hmm. um, to the interview and we looked at it and stuff and it was far more than what they were looking for there. So the job that I got hired to do and I, you know, I took the job, there wasn't much many job offerings in Pensacola at the time sure. um, was uh, learning. Le- I basically learned legal, so- legal video editing software and trial presentation software. I traveled all over the country and um, I would sit and uh, I would record video depositions. I would go to trials and I would um, make, uh, I would have to edit the video to play back the juries and things. And then I would use my, you know, I would, I would use my design muscles that I had built and, mm. uh, would over, way overdo PowerPoint presentations and <laughs> graphics because the, 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 the work itself is pretty, you know, boring. Um, so it's super, super interesting, but you know, the actual work I was doing was very boring. Um, but I worked, I worked for, you know, I worked with good people. I, um, and I sort of just got stuck in this like nine to five job. Sure. Uh, cause there really wasn't like, there wasn't much to, for me to do in Pensacola. Sure. But so, we wanted to, we wanted to raise kids there. So. Gotcha. When, when you're in a role like that, cause I mean, you've been to school for it and you went to full sale. So there's, and you know, you start doing web design and things like that. So obviously there is a creative spark that is in you somewhere at this point. How are you balancing that with your nine to five, which isn't necessarily fulfilling that creative spark. I, mean, I can't imagine, you know, the editing process of, legal depositions and putting PowerPoint presentations together for that sort of thing is exciting in the least bit. Yeah. So with that said, um, 
they had, you know, there were, there were some things that I noticed internally there that needed to be done. They had like a, you know, an internet site, you know, they, they had their own website. Um, they actually had a person in house making TV commercials. So I kind of took it upon myself to sort of, I, I, I redesigned the website mm-hmm. just in between. I told, told my boss, I was like, Hey, I'm kind of, you know, I'm caught up on my stuff. Do you mind if I mess around with this? And he, he was, he knew my background was a very creative. I, I came from a, you know, creative school. I was very passionate about these things. So mm-hmm. he, he totally let me kind of, as long as whatever needed to be done, got done, let me do whatever I wanted to do. So I, you know, I built a new website for the company. I built, rebuilt their internet. Um, I, uh, went insanely overboard on um, <laughs> like their uh, end of the year, like holiday video they would make. Sure. We started doing like sketch comedy videos. So I, I mean, I any chance I had to like go over the top of stuff I did. And eventually, um, you know, I, I had, I, 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 I want to interrupt you for a second. I'm not sure that I want to go to a lawyer that has sketch comedy videos as their Christmas card. <laughs> it was all internal. It was we would do it for. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it wasn't for the Christmas card. It was it was like internal for the uh, the end of the year party they would have. Oh, so okay. it was all it was all filled with inside jokes and all I, that. I stuff. just pictured this comedy version, and and for people who aren't in our area, there. Well, he's he's made national like Tosh two and stuff like that. But there's okay. Mike Slocum, the Alabama Hammer. Yep. yep, I know exactly. <laughs> and I just, what you're talking I just, about. I picture like a funny version of that. <laughs> yeah, so we may have even mocked him at one point. Um, God, I hope so. Yeah, he so deser- he deserves every mocking he gets. Yeah. So to make the, to to try to shorten up this long story, I they eventually um, gave me. Um, I was like director of multimedia, mm-hmm. and sort of they. I, I ended up doing all of the in-house TV commercials. Um, I oversaw the website. And so I, I, I ended up bringing somebody else in, teaching them how to edit all the deposition video and they took over all the traveling. So I, I got to the point where I was able to stay at home. I what you know, I'm not leaving my kids all the time. Um, but still that, you know, I did that for a couple of years, but it was still, just not satisfying. There's so many limitations on what you can do in, in a long commercial. Um, so the year that DSLR cameras came out where they could shoot, um, HD video, um, you know, I was reading up on forums and things like that. We had decided in house that we would buy like a Canon 7D. Sure. Uh, just to try to shoot our TV commercials with and make them look a little bit more cinematic and stuff, which was kind of, you know, the trend or the rage at the time. So what this is and 2000. This is 2010. Yeah, yeah. 2010. Um, the end of, so yeah, it was the end of 2010. And, uh, I sort of just out of curiosity and boredom, like, threw it into camera mode to try to see if I could remember how to like from my old back and black and white class, which mm-hmm. at this time, if I took that class in Oh one was nine years previous. Sure. Um, so it had been, it'd been quite a while. Yeah. I hadn't touched the camera since that one, one class. Um, and just started messing around with photography and, um, and then they had me start taking photos of, 
uh, people in house for the internet, which sure. I had redesigned and stuff. And I convinced them to buy a flash for the camera. Mm-hmm. And then I was just reading some articles on how to like how to use off camera flash. And I was like, what is this all about? And started reading about it and messed around and figured out a way to um, fire my camera. Or fire, fire, use the flash, not connect to the camera. And I remember sure, the first, a slave is, isn't that the term? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I remember remembering first, some of my photography classes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first photo I took where the light came from like a unique angle and I saw how dramatic it looked. I was like instantly hooked. I was like, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. So how did um, you go about teaching yourself more about lighting? Was it just reading more and more articles? Cause it I mean, was, yeah, no, it, yeah, it turned into me reading articles, looking at other people's work. And then, so one day at the law firm, when I'm teaching myself this stuff, there's a knock on my door and they have an in-house radio. One of the attorneys hosted his own radio show and they had a whole radio studio. Um, and this is the time of the BP oil spill. Um, somebody was there to do a story on this attorney and they needed some studio space to, um, shoot photos of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a knock on the door and the uh, studio manager for the radio station was like, hey, do you mind if they use your your little TV studio to shoot some photos in? And I was like, no, that's, that's fine. And he told me, he was like, hey, this guy's um, he shoots like professional athletes and stuff. Um, you should check out his work. And he knew that this guy was a buddy of mine. He knew that I was trying to learn photography. You're and, still and good on your ESPN life. quest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, not at that point, but um, <laughs> it's still somewhere he, in your mind. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in my mind. But um, he was like, you should check out his work. But he knew that I was trying to learn all the lighting and stuff. Sure. And so I looked up the guy on Google and he had photos of like all the top athletes at the, you know, uh, it was like Chad Ochocinco and David Ortiz and all these big time athletes and stuff. And I'm like, wow. And so like, he came into the studio and I remember him complaining to the the writer that was with him and he was shooting for like a german magazine or something that was doing a story on the bp oil spill Sprockets. that that might have been what it is but he um <laughs> no, this, he was telling him that, live he, sketch yeah he was telling him that uh he was upset they didn't you know they didn't have they didn't have it in their budget to ha- for him to have an assistant and he was having to kind of lug all the stuff around and i sure. was like like I can, I can give you a hand, whatever you need. So I sort of, sort of like shadowed him for the day mm-hmm. and got to like pick his brain about stuff. And, um, and, but when he left, I decided I was like, that's what I want to do. I was like, cause we were talking, it was like, he, you know, he went around, he meets different people. He takes portraits of people and all this stuff. And I was like, that's when I saw his work and what I was trying to do at the time, I, I decided I was like, man, that is, that is cool. I, I want to go. I want to try to do that. So, at the beginning of 2011, I started. Um, I started like one of those 365 projects where you post a photo a day. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I'd only been doing this a couple weeks, but um, you know, I just decided I would give it a try. So I started that project, and and um, I sort of slowly started to kind of build like a following, like in the group of people that were posting photos on Flickr. Um, and then I had a, um, it was like 35 days into the project. There is a, um, a really well-known photographer named David Hobby, whose nickname mm-hmm. is the, the strobist. The and strobist. he is, yeah, he is one, he was like the biggest source online. And I was, and I was following, I was following his blog 
the biggest like resource online to learn off camera flash. Oh, really? Out of the, yeah, out of the blue, he sent me an email one day saying, "Hey, I really liked one of your photos. Can I use it as an example on my blog post?" And I like freaked out. I was super excited. Like, wow, somebody likes my work. He's like a professional, and um, and so that that was when I kind of started to realize, like, maybe I'm getting good at this. Maybe I'm actually picking this up because um, I had more and more people start to follow me. Um, but as the project went on, it started to turn into more of a hassle sure. because it was like I, I was working my nine to five job. I was trying to take a photo every day. Uh, I was rushing to edit, host it. Um, and it wasn't I, I wasn't it got to the point where I wasn't focusing on the photograph anymore. What I was doing, it was more, oh, I have to post a photo today. It was more about sure. the project and not taking my time and learning. That's why I don't do those projects because I get yeah. so overwhelmed with the anxiety yeah. of posting every yeah. day. So I ended up doing it for like eight months. and um, That's pretty good. Yeah, I got eight months into it and just decided that if I want to try to do photography professionally, I need, there's so many more things I need to focus on. Mm. And I need to give up and not care about how many likes my photo got on Flickr or sure. anything social. Because I was like, I understood that that like, that means nothing. Like at the end of the day, that's not going to, that's not getting me paid work or anything. So I decided to just drop the project and focus on creating a portfolio. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so that's what I did. I learned how, I, you know, I never ran my own business or anything like that. But I was like, I got to figure out how I, you know, how do you license, you know, how do I, how do I start my own business? What type of licenses do I need? How do I pay my taxes and all this other <laughs> stuff? So all I really that, started all that not fun yeah. stuff that comes along. Yeah, with exactly. That. Which I'm, and I'm still learning. That's yeah. still, still, still having to deal with all that. Um, but so my, uh, so yeah, we're at 2011. Um, and so a few months into 2012, um, I reached out to a company in Philadelphia called wonderful machine who represents, um, uh, professional photographers and they're more of a, a network resource. It's, it's not like a, it's not like a true representation. Um, they're, they're not an agent so much as they're, uh... no, no, I'm more, I, I, they're more of a, um, a resource for creatives. Sure. At ad agencies or photo editors at, um, you know, magazines to like find, find photographers. Um, and so I was able to get in with them and there were a lot of huge photographers that I followed that, um, I really liked their work. So I was shot and I still to this point had never been paid to take a photo, hmm. but I sent my portfolio in just to like, just to see, I actually sent it in to get, see if I could just get feedback. Sure. And they ended up asking me if I would, you know, join um, and be one of their photographers. And so I did. So it was like within a couple of weeks, I got my first um, I got my first assignment. I had to go over towards Fort Walton Beach and photograph um, like a NASA scientist mm -hmm. or Flight Journal magazine. And I remember they took one of my photos I shot of them. It was like a double truck in the magazine. Mm hmm. Um, and it was a big lead in that had my name on it. And that was, I was like, that is cool. When I saw when I got that was making it to the big time for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was the first paid work I did. Um, it's pretty awesome. And I, I just remember, you know, that was one of the coolest feelings ever. And so I did a couple more little assignments. I shot, um, 
I, you know, I did some, uh, local stuff, some local magazines in Alabama, um, and things like that. And so come January of 2013, uh, is when the ESPN kick happened again, where I was like, <laughs> I still had, I always wanted to work for ESPN. I always wanted to, uh, um, you know, edit video for them back when I was younger, but I was sure. like, so my, my new goal was, is I, I was going to shoot, um, I was going to shoot a photo for ESPN, the magazine in 2013. Sure. And I sat down and told, I told my wife, I was like, Hey, that's, that's my goal. By the end of the year, um, I'm going to, I'm going to be publishing ESPN, the magazine. So I figured out how to find email addresses for the photo editors at the, magazine and I found one of them. Her name is Stephanie Weed. Um, and I typed up some email. It was like right before the senior bowl in Mobile and, uh, the super bowl was in New Orleans that year. Okay. So it's January. So both of those things are right around the corner. And I sent, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm a new photographer. Um, you know, I know the senior bowl's coming up and the super bowl's in New Orleans. It's like, I'd, you know, I'd love if you have a minute to just look at some of my work and if there's anything, that ESPN would need it all, you know, in that area, I'd be, I'd love to be able to take on an assignment for you. Mm -hmm. And I figured in everything I had read and researched about reaching out to large scale magazines like this, um, it, it takes you at least a year to even get on their radar. Sure. It was, it was um, a shot in the dark for you. Yeah. Totally shot in the dark, but it was like, I had to start somewhere. It's like, yeah. I'll just start sending emails. I'll send an email once a month. And then, you know, in three months, I'll send them a print mailer and just follow up and just, you know, stay after it. Mm. And I'll, I mean, I think timing is everything. I mean, I mean, my work struck a chord with her. Um, but we, my, my wife and I sat down that night, the night I, I sent the email to watch a movie and I just happened to glance at my phone and see I had a reply back. Oh, wow. She, she said she really liked my work and asked how close I was to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. She was looking to she had an assignment there and she's actually looking for a photographer. So okay. it was like luck, whatever, what have you, it was like perfect timing. Like my, my heavens opened up the sunshine yeah. down on you. Yeah. And, uh, I had never been to Tuscaloosa. I had no idea how far it was away, but my immediate response was, this is in Alabama. So how far can it be? So I was yeah. like, Oh yeah, super close to Tuscaloosa. I can take on this assignment for you. <laughs> um, and so, uh, it's that, that yeah. far, it's what about four and a half hours? Yeah. Yeah, it was about four and a half hours, but I honestly, I didn't know. Sure. Off the top of my head. It was like, I didn't care if it was eight hours. It was like, I'm doing it. So, um, yeah, that was how I got my foot in the door with them. But like, just a, that was at the time a bucket list thing. And mm -hmm. for it to happen that quick was just amazing. But it made me realize how important putting your work out there and making the connections and, you know, going for it is because if you just sit back and hope that somebody's going to find your work, it's just never going to happen. Sure. So, so, so how did, because a huge part of what you have to do, and I think probably the, at least from my perspective, the more important part of your job is not taking the picture. It's the soft skills. It's the being able to work with people and to get people to do what you want without manipulating them. Yeah. Um, and that's just something I've learned. That's just all stuff I've, I've picked up. Now I, I absolutely love what I do now. Um, and that's why I love portraiture because I'm, I love meeting new people. I feel like I, I thrive and you, you know, you 
you were there, you witnessed it with your own eyes. But like I, I, I take pride in trying to make people who are terrified of a camera feel comfortable <laughs> in front of a camera. Yeah. A and bunch of engineers away. do yeah. not want to have pictures taken. So you and then really when they actually, <laughs> I, my favorite thing is when somebody tells me they're not photogenic or they hate having their photo taken and they're so uncomfortable well, when they come around and if they get a chance to actually look at the photo, they see it and they're like, Oh wow, mm-hmm. I like that. You know? And they're shocked at how, how they look. And that it's just a matter of, um, you know, making them feel comfortable on top of the lighting and all the other you know, technical things. Sure. But, um, yeah, I, I, for whatever reason, have never struggled with, uh, you know, honestly communicating with people what I want out of them and, uh, being able to give direction, Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. So yeah, that's, that's a huge part of it. There's so many things that go into photography that you don't, somebody who might have an interest in starting it, don't think about from, you know, the uh, how much communication is involved and pe- the people skills that you have to have one, in, you know, interacting with your subjects, but two also on the business side of it, sure. um, you know, being able to, uh, you got somebody who calls you that might want to work with you or hire you, you know, what, how do you come across on the phone? What, you know, do you sound like somebody who'd be enjoyable to work with or spend two weeks with on a project? And <laughs> so there's a lot of skills, you know, that you've got to have. So, yeah. Well, when it comes to like, when it's say an agency calls you up and, and I'm using that as an example because we work together through an agency. When an agency calls you up and is ready to work with you on something, how do you, how do you go about determining that that agency is the right fit for you um, versus it just being a paycheck? Um, so there's a couple things. Uh, so yeah, if we go down the ad agency road, um, first thing I do is I look, I look at the agency, I look at their, I'm not, I'm not so concerned about their client list. I'm more concerned about the quality of work. Sure. I'm, I am, I love now, now that I'm in the creative field, like I absolutely love all aspects of it. I love illustration. I love design. Uh, I still love video. So I, when I go, I, I'll go look at their work and look at the quality of it. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, you look at their client list Um, but that's not as important to me. It's like, if I'm going to take photos, am I going to be, am I going to know that they're going to be in good hands and somebody's going to do something with them that I, that I'd be, that it would make me proud and want to show that, you know, show the final result. Um, I've, you know, there's certainly been jobs where you've taken because, you know, there's a paycheck involved and I'm learning and have learned to weed out, um, or, or strike a balance. Um, you know, if it's, if it's, I'm always trying to strive to create portfolio work. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know that it has the potential to lead to more projects with that, um, with that ad agency. But if it's the, the subject matter doesn't sound interesting and the, um, the pre, you know, the work that the ad agency is, showing if it's not something I feel like I, you know, mm-hmm. I would fit well with, then, you know, I'll, I'll pass it on. But I've certainly learned, um, that to be more selective, mm-hmm. um, because the, you, you don't want to get onto a project that you're, you know, you're just shooting for a paycheck. It's not work you're going to show or a project you're going to share. Um, cause at that point you're, you're kind of, lo- you're almost losing money. Sure. 
when you, when you're working with an art director on something, and I guess this can really apply across any industry, how do you what what's what's your comfort zone? What's the best way you've found to relate to them and strike that balance between what they want and what you think needs to be accomplished, and how you find that middle ground? Well, I I always hope the middle ground is there because I love collaboration. Um, you know, typically uh, when you get hired by an ad agency they're coming to you with a concept that already exists. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for somebody that can execute their vision. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, there's a comp already made or a sketch or they've pulled uh, source photos that they're, that they're looking for you to sort of emulate or a style. So for that, you know, that part of it, it they kind of tee it up and, and set it up for you. And then my, what I'm looking for is, well, how can I put, my style on this or what, mm -hmm. what can I do to make the project unique? Um, there's been, there's been a lot of times where somebody brings a photo to me and they want me to create it like exactly like this. Like somebody will show me a stock photo and they're sure. like, we need this. And it's like, well, get the stock photo then if you're just asking me to, you know, recreate <laughs> it like, like there's, you know, why, why Save are you yourself doing the money? That? Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, I, I, you know, I love to voice an idea when I have it. I'm always looking for, um, you know, I'm hoping and working with an art director that's willing to collaborate and, mm -hmm. you know, bounce ideas off of. Um, I really don't have, I, I don't have any horror stories um, that's about, good. you know, working with somebody who wasn't, wasn't um, willing to collaborate. Um, so, you know, you just, you, you got to be open. You got to test the waters. You know, I, I, I've never come out and just said I didn't like an idea or anything like that, but, um, you can but certainly, thought it. <laughs> uh, that's probably happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. So, um, everybody, but, everybody's had those thoughts at some point in their life. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's the, um, yeah, it's whenever the, the thing that eats me up the most is when somebody wants to make, create something that somebody else has already done. Sure. And, Nobody, any creative person doesn't want to do that. You know, you sure. want to be unique. And so it's, it's always trying, you know, trying to find that balance, but I just, you know, if, if I got an idea, it's, I, it comes out, you know, I'll, I'll always suggest something and never hold anything back. So. Gotcha. Well, since your passion kind of lies, you know, going back to your childhood in sports and all, when you're shooting portraits for sports things and stuff like that, um, and, and you're having to work with famous athletes, some of whom have notorious egos based on, you know, things that you've read about them. How do those soft skills come into play then? Um, so I would say if you look at my work, I mean, I've shot my fair share of, um, college athletes and mm -hmm. such. Um, you know, I've a couple famous people. I mean, I'm not shooting A-list celebrities or anything like sure. that. Um, but I've certainly have been concerned that maybe there'd be times where I've, I've had to, you know, work with, uh, somebody who has an ego. Um, but as far as athletes go, I haven't come across an athlete that wasn't willing to collaborate with me. Mm -hmm. I think typically, um, I've been fortunate where I show some of the work that I've done. I show enthusiasm for why I'm, you know, and, and what I want to do with them. And typically anytime I work with an athlete, it's, they have, you know, it's a ton of fun. They enjoy it. Um, 
and uh, we usually end up getting more than what we set out to do. Um, I, I've dealt with more egos in the corporate industry than I have in uh, sports and athletics. Oh, I hope and I wasn't one of them. No, 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 no. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you can get um, you know a CEO or somebody in front of your lens, or sure. they just don't have the, they don't have the time for you um, or anything like that. And when when that happens, I mean, it comes down to you've got to know your craft, you've got to know your equipment, you've got to know those things and be set up and ready to go. And, you know, I've been, I've certainly had my fair share of photo shoots where I've had five minutes with a subject and that's all you get. And you got to be set up and prepared for that. So, so speaking of that, I, 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 you've told me this story, but I'd love for you to tell the listeners this story of the basically almost five minutes that you got with a shoot at Auburn. Um, okay. So that, that, that was, um, it, it was more, it was more than five minutes, but it was, um, the assignment was, uh, it was my second shoot for ESPN and uh-huh. it was following. So this is 2000. This is the end of 2013 Auburn, um, football had an insane miraculous season mm-hmm. where they had a hail Mary catch at the end of the game to beat Georgia and then in the Iron Bowl, they had the, you know, that crazy uh, play where Alabama was kicking a field goal to win the game. Mm-hmm. They kicked it short, and Chris Davis for Auburn was standing in the back of the end zone, caught it, ran it back 109 yards uh, to win the game. And uh, I'm not a big college football I mean, I follow college football, but I'm like a rabid fan that follows any one team. But I sure. somehow actually watched both of those games. I and saw both plays and just remember thinking, man, that's a, just crazy what kind of season they had. Um, and so like a week later, I get a call from ESPN. They wanted me to go photograph both both those players. The um, uh, Ricardo Lewis, he's the one who caught the tip ball against mm-hmm. Georgia. And then Chris Davis is the one that had to run back against Alabama. And the assignment was pretty straightforward. It sounded like it was going to be fun. It was I was just supposed to photograph um, – the two guys in street clothes and they wanted me to convey uh, that they had just like won the lottery because they sort of backdoored their way into going to the national championship game Mm -hmm. off two miraculous plays. So it was like, you know, just try to pull out their personality, make them look like they're, you know, just won a million bucks and uh, just regular street clothes. I would have, I would have one hour with the guys to shoot the shoot this. The, all they need was a single photo to shoot the photo, um, and uh, one hour to set up. Mm-hmm. And the day uh, the day of the shoot um, that was their first day back uh, to start practicing for the national championship game against Florida State. And um, so I wasn't leaving until about ten thirty in the morning to go up to Auburn. So I wasn't gonna be able to start even setting up until around four thirty. Um, so I'm walking out, I rented a van loaded, I had all my equipment loaded up I'm walking out to the car and they called and asked me, ESPN asked if I had left yet. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, Oh great for whatever, you know, just leading up to that phone, you know, that, that lead into the conversation. I'm like, great. They're like canceling or something. And I was like, no, and they're like, okay, good. Um, the assignment sort of changed. They wanted, um, now they wanted to get, uh, 
the first thing they said is they wanted to try to shoot uh, a magazine cover with Chris Davis. And mm-hmm. my jaw hit the floor immediately because that is like, but that's top bucket list for me. It's sure. a ESPN, the magazine cover. So like my jaw's on the floor. Um, they, so they wanted a solo shot of Chris Davis um, for the cover. And they wanted him against uh, like just, you know, like a low heroic looking shot where he is, uh, there's just sky behind him, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to have access to him until it's practically dark. So, uh, they threw that at me. Then they wanted, um, photos of Ricardo, Ricardo Lewis by himself. Um, and then they also wanted photos of Chris Davis by himself too in street clothes. And then they wanted the both of them together. Um, and so I would have to shoot sky plates outside, um, to be able to Photoshop him against a uh, background. So that was the kicker is I, I, I now had to set up a studio, um, shoot him in front of paper, walk around Auburn when I got there, shoot plates of the sky to be able to Photoshop him in front of. Um, and they said, so it ter- ended up being they needed six total images, but I still would only have one hour to set up. Oh, geez. And, and one hour to shoot all of it. So it went from one hour to set up for one photo and one hour to shoot that one photo to six images, multiple setups, still only one hour and one hour. And so I had to like scramble and I had a buddy, I I rented some additional equipment from, I had to stop at a local photo store on the way out and buy a fresh roll of paper to take with me. So Mm -hmm. it was like, and you know, I was ready to get on the road at that point and, you know, to time it, to get there on time and everything. So we're rushing. I've got an assistant sort of driving a little above the speed limit to get there. And (laughs) so literally you mean a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so we get there to set up and uh, they put me in there like uh, in the big weight room and we're setting up this, we're setting up studio paper. Um, I had already shot a few plates of the sky at this point. I'm, I'm scouting uh, inside their locker room to find a place to shoot the guys together. Um, and then the athletic director comes and finds me and he's like, Hey, they ended practice early. So Chris is available for you to go shoot him on the football field. Well, the sun's setting at this point. I wasn't prepared for that. So we grab, I just grabbed two lights from our, our studio setup that we're set to do. Me and my, my brother is one of my assistants. We're sprinting across like three football fields with like equipment and cameras. And I get there, I'm like huffing and puffing. And uh, we get, I find an angle, the sun setting, it looked, the sky is super pretty. Um, and they said, uh, Chris will, Chris will be out in a couple minutes. And, uh, and they, the guy asked me, he's like, what do you need him to do? And I'm like, I just got to get a lot of personality out of him. I got to get him, you know, laughing, super excited. And he was like, yeah, he's not going to do that for you. I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? He's like, that's not his personality. He's very introverted. Uh, and he, so he had all this national attention all over him from sure. the, the Alabama play, uh, the run back. And he was like, he just doesn't want to be in the spotlight and this and that. I'm like, oh, great. Like, you know, my assignment is to get this guy looking super excited. And this guy's telling me here that he's just going to like mean, mean mug me in the camera. Sure. He's shy. Um, he doesn't want to take Yeah, he's shy. He doesn't want to be, he doesn't really even want to do this. Um, but I had, uh, you know, my brother is great. One of my other um, good assistants uh, was with me and we all just kind of like hammed it up and had fun. We 
I had a little Bluetooth speaker with me, asked him what his favorite music was. We put on some music and he really like settled down and really kind of got into it and had fun. We ended up getting great portraits of him. Um, and so I was actually able to get the portraits outside. They looked wonderful. We shot inside on the studio setup. I got those guys individually in their street clothes. I got them together. So I was able to knock out the assignment and the time and the time allotted miraculously somehow. Um, and so, yeah, and that was me. And at that time I still was working full time at the law firm. Like I hadn't, I hadn't left there yet. Um, so it was all, you know, to be really fresh into my career and do that, um, and have a curveball thrown at me like that. I was just, I, it was just something I knew, you know, I, I knew that I could, I could do photography on that level. Um, so. Sure. So how long have you officially been out on your own without the, uh, where, where photography is your day job as well? So I left a, um, job I'd worked out for close to 10 years with uh, great benefits and a 401k and a steady paycheck <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, to go out on my own and try to figure all this out. I did that, uh, uh August of 2014 is when I left. Okay. I've been on my own since then. So th- this year will be, you know, full four years. Okay. So. Gotcha. In that time, aside from the Auburn shoot, what have some of your favorite shoots been like? Um, one of my favorite ones that we did, uh, the uh, it was with the Zimmerman Agency out of Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm, I consider myself a portrait photographer, and they came to me with a project. Their client was Gold Toe Socks, um, of all things, which, sound, which sounds funny. Um, when you think about it, I'm going to photograph feet and socks. So, um, that ended up being an ongoing project for a couple months. It turned into, it was a single shoot. Um, the images, uh, they were going to run ads in Vogue and, uh, in style magazine. Um, and then from there, uh, they really liked the project, the, the art direction and the concept, the creative concept was, you know, really cool. I was super excited about it. Um, and it, it just turned into a lot more work. Um, they ended up running ads with the images and, uh, GQ and in men's journal. Um, but there are a lot of challenges in, in that project. Um, every, you know, we shot, uh, compo- you know, is tons of compositing work, um, dealing with fighting outside elements, uh, in the day, having to deal with weather, um, and, uh, just so many things, every little challenge that could be thrown our way, we had thrown at us. Uh, we had access to be in a restaurant for about one hour before the restaurant opened. Sure. Um, to, we had to shoot a, uh, like a, a nighttime, uh, romantic dinner scene. And, uh, it was early in the morning and had sunlight blasting through and just fought all those elements and worked with such awesome team members that, that I, that I put together that helped me, you know, execute what we were out, set out to do. It was just a really, really cool project. Um, so, and that, that was featured in, um, communication arts, um, and that project won a few awards. Is that the award that, that I see behind you on your desk? Uh, no, that, uh, the CA award is actually, um, small editorial, sh- uh, photo I did for business Alabama magazine oh. of a fisher, okay. of a fisherman. Yeah. Um, 
No, I had the uh, this the CA um, uh, work with the Golto was actually featured in their interactive design. They did a full oh, okay. like four page um, yeah opener for for that annual on the interactive side. Um, so and then you know I just trying to think I did a project with Sports Illustrated where I had to do a uh, composite of a baseball player swinging a bat, mm-hmm. which is which is great. Um, I don't, the projects where it's like, I, I absolutely love portraiture. I love it. I love it. But, um, when I, when there's always a little challenge thrown in something sure. that's a lot of your comfort zone and you, you kind of, you know, you, you, you knock it out of the park, uh, no pun intended with a baseball swing, but, um, <laughs> you do it right. And so it just, it, it's really cool. I love, I love projects like that. Awesome. Um, and then the, I'm super excited to uh, to see the results of the project we collaborated on. Me too. Come to fruition because <laughs> I want to share. I want to share that work and those portraits. Yeah, um, some of them were incredible. The way, the way we, yeah, the the way we shot them and did them, I'm just super, super, super excited about. And that's the thing that kills me sometimes is you know I'll shoot a project and then I can't share it for like months. You know, it's got to, you know, because it's got to be exclusive uh, to, you know, the magazine or, you know, when that for the ad agency to launch, launch the campaign with their clients. That, that kills me when I have there's a few projects I have like that that I've shot in the last four or five months. And I'm like, oh, I want to put it out there. I want to put it in my portfolio. But I just got to wait. So I think we got about maybe three weeks before it's all wrapped up and for the most part. Right. Or at least part, cool. at least parts of it that can start rolling out. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that 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 was an awesome project. Being able to meet all those people and shit. I, I don't know how. I can't recall how many portraits we shot. It was like sixty. Um, sixty. Yeah, yeah, sixty portraits. Like, and they're intimate too. I mean, I was in people's faces, tight, yeah. and they're you know, and like, like I said, when you look at them, they all look great. They you know. Um, I'm not talking about the the people. They they look great, um, and uh, it's just one of those like they're they're uncomfortable. None of them wanted a camera in their face, but mm-hmm. you know that's what I I really enjoy taking those kinds of portraits where you can the the results are uh, you can make the people happy. So well, I found that funny because some of the like some of the people that we during that shoot that I thought the pictures would turn out the best on just because of their photogenic qualities and things like that were some of my least favorite pictures versus mm-hmm. the people who, you know, really didn't want to do stuff and, yeah. you know, were super uncomfortable. And it, they, those were my favorite ones because they just, yeah. they turned out so great. There's, there's one African-American lady who's just, I, she didn't want to do it. She wasn't thrilled with the idea. She was complaining about how much she hated her smile, all this stuff up, up until doing it. And when she got on there, you know, I thought she, during the photo shoot, I thought she did really great. And I thought she, for, for not wanting to do it, she didn't let it show. And when we got the put, when we got the pictures back, I saw them and it really, it came through in that. And it was, so bright and effervescent and it was it was really nice to see it it was jennifer longmire in uh mobile oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but so. her, hers turned out really nice and she just before the shoot and all that stuff and i don't think she told you that 
but she really did not. did not want to be doing that. Yeah. And she's like, can't you find somebody else? <laughs> those are my, those are my favorite. I mean, because a lot of times people just think a pretty face makes a pretty photo yeah. and that's not always the case. I mean, you can have, and you can look at the photo and you can see in the, you know, you, you can see personality behind mm-hmm. um, their eyes and they, you feel like you have an honest, genuine look. I mean, that that's, that's what I, I always try. I mean, my goal is to create a striking and captivating photo, no matter the subject. I, I think you and, nailed it with ours. So, um, no, Thanks, man. And it's uh, that that's what I loved about that project is like every person. Would, I, that's what I was looking to get. And I feel like we, we hit the mark on the project. And I hope, you know, I hope the ad agency is super excited. I'm super happy that the client, you know, mm. you're excited about it. So it's, it's just all around one of those, you know, memorable projects. Um, and just can't wait for it to actually hit the ground so where we can, you know, share it with people. So very cool. Well, we're getting kind of close to our time here. Um, wrapping up, is there any other exciting projects you've got kind of coming out that you're, ex- well, I'm being redundant when I say this, but you're excited for yeah, um, I just recently shot a um, uh, a ESPN top ten recruit uh, basketball player named Nasir Little out of uh, he's in uh, Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, went down there, Slam Magazine, which has always been a publication I wanted to shoot for. Um, had a great uh, great shoot with him. Shot a few different scenes. Um, got him you know, doing some dunks and things like that. Shot some great kind of like street portraits, uh, some stoic kind of heroic looking portraits. So I just can't wait for that project to actually, you know, get out and share that with people. Um, I've got a trip coming up. Uh, I got to go shoot in Los Angeles. Um, so I've, I've got a good bit of traveling. I got to go to Tallahassee tomorrow for a shoot. I'm supposed to be over in Orlando again. So I'm actually a lot of driving and a little bit of flying to start the year out. Um, but my goal this year um, is to do more personal work, kind of mm-hmm. go back to where I had started sure. with that 365 project. Because um, sometimes, you know, you, you get a lot of paid work and you stay busy. It's not always the stuff that you necessarily would shoot on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just, I've come to realize that when I, when I shoot personal work and the work I'm passionate about and what I want to do, and then you, you know, you share it and you share your passion on it, it's trickles in from that um and when that's when i'm you know the happiest and i'm most content is when i'm out behind the camera because it seems like 75 percent of running your own business and being a photographer is actually not taking photos sure and so i need need to push myself and get out there and do that more so just working with um some local athletes to test some ideas out and stuff so i'll be super excited to share that that stuff when it comes out but um Year start, the year is starting out pretty good. Good. So I'm super excited. Good. Well, if you ever need a uh, guy in his mid-40s to be an assistant and apprentice and to show him the ropes so he can get back into photography, uh, you've got my number. So. Okay. Uh, he's he's got to be able to, to uh, drink beer and uh, hang out. and. I've finished my beer already, so I think I'm good on that part. So I yeah. hear you. So. So. Um. But yeah, man, thanks for having me. It was a good, good talk and stuff. I hope I didn't ramble. I felt like I talked. No, no, you did awesome. Uh, Real quickly before I let you go, where can people find you online? 
Um, so my, uh, you know, my website is matthewcoughlin.com and then my, all of my social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram is the handles at Matthew Coughlin. Awesome. And I think Facebook is Matthew Coughlin Photography. Okay. So. And we'll link to all this yep. in the show notes so people can find you. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me tonight. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you had fun on our little reschedule with uh, your son hunting and yeah, and go out and hug some necks. So, yeah, I appreciate you accommodating me on that. So, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks again, Jay. That was a ton of fun, dude. Find out more about Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Coughlin and be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative SO Pod and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 15% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code PRINCESOUTH18 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CREATIVESOUTH. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And... Remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash creative south. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.